is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 99. Do you believe that, B-Pimp? We're one away from the big 100. One away, indeed. Uh, this is Amets here. We are, we're on our last uh, episode of talking about the them 90s. And what we're going to talk about for this episode is our top five 90s video games, which, whoa, talk about a harder list than 80s video games. Yeah, that was tough. 80s had some good ones, but not the, nearly as much to pick from. No, it, it, I mean, like for me, I had a Super Nintendo. I had a Nintendo 64. So I was thinking about, you know, for the most part, all the games from those two systems were in the 90s. And then as I was putting that list together, I realized, oh, I had some computer games I also really enjoyed. So this ended up being a quite difficult list. I have a very, very, very solid top five, or maybe one of the best top fives personally that I've put together, but there was one that I couldn't get on the list that pains me, but we'll, we'll get to that. I also, I have one that pains me, a couple that pain me, but it just, it's, it, it was just too hard to put on the list. Yeah, I needed a top six for this one. No, for sure. Um, all right, but before we do get to uh, the top five list, I have a whiskey to try out that I'm actually pretty curious about. Um, and it's a very minimalist bottle. The only thing that is on it is this, this grouse here. The name of the whiskey is Naked Grouse. It's a blended malt scotch whiskey. Some. Uh, drinking another scotch. I think I might have last time I tried, I might have had a scotch as well. Definitely had a few scotches lately. It's 43% alcohol by volume. Uh, and just to give you a, a, a little bit more, um, before I say where it's from, it's imported by uh, Edrington Americas in New York, New York. Oh. Uh, and it is. Trying to see where it is actually made Glasgow uh, in Scotland. So great. I, I think the last scotch I tried did not say where in Scotland it was made, which I didn't understand. Was that the King or the HM the King or something? Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember. I think I gave that the boot. Did I not? I believe you did. All right. So I don't want to say scotches are on my shit list, but... It just, you got to be good if you're going to be a scotch or you're getting the boot faster than the train from Glasgow to London. I don't know. <laughs> you're on notice, scotches. You're on. Uh, all right. I'm doing this one on the rocks. Uh, and by rocks, I mean one rock, one big rock. And then if this ends up being a boot whiskey, I've got a bottle of uh, ginger ale with me too. So I can just cut it. Oh, nice. That's smart. Thinking ahead. Yep. So I'm getting a sniff. Is that thinking ahead or is that being a little pessimistic about this? It might be being a little pessimistic. <laughs> I shouldn't be so pessimistic. But just as you mentioned that, I, I took a smell and I was just like, I that smell was not that good. Uh-oh. Like, I know I'm hypersensitive to a metallic taste in a whiskey, 
Rarely have I smelled a whiskey and thought it smelled metallic. Whoa. Yeah. And that is the first note I am getting. I don't know if it means I'm having a stroke or what the deal is, but that does not smell right to me. So it's not a, it's not a strike against it. I'm just like really weary of the picture at this point. You're correct. You're getting that ginger ale bottle uh, primed. Yeah. It's like, is this glass I chose clean? I'm pretty sure it is, but. Are you using a tin cup from tin cup whiskey? It seems like it's a double layered tin cup with rust in between. Okay. That's what it's smelling like to me. Wow. This has got a lot to overcome. If this gets on the smooth train, it's going to be the most like the best tasting scotch ever. Yeah. It will be like watching Biden slowly win Pennsylvania when it really looked bad early on. That's a perfect metaphor for this scotch. And I mean, Biden, one of the things I like best about him is riding them trains. He's a big train rider. And so like, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm taking one sip. I will say this one sip does feel like like the mail-in ballots are starting to come in Pennsylvania. Oh boy. And if Trump hadn't suggested that none of his followers mail in their ballots, then maybe this problem would have happened. I wonder if um, there's a webisode uh, or a web series riding with Biden that we could put together out of this. Where we just talk on trains? Yeah, where he's on the train talking with Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Second sip. It's got a little bit of spice to it, but um, it's kind of coating the throat a little bit. I'm giving the sip like, you know, a few seconds to sip just to a few seconds to sit just to see where it kind of goes. And it's not going awry. That's a fact. It's actually pretty even. I do like the spice forwardness. It's not too... um, it doesn't give you like that kind of smoky sensation that you get sometimes with scotches. And it's, it's definitely an even taste and it's given me a pretty good warmth as well. Wow. Are these mail-in ballots coming in from Philly? Are we, are we getting there? It, it, it feels like, like right now this is closing the gap and you can see that the, the folks on television are, are telling you that there's probably about 500, 600,000 outstanding ballots. And Biden's only about 50,000 votes down. And, and they are all coming from Philadelphia. Some are coming from Allegheny County, which is also blue, not as blue, but you feel like, I mean, the splits we're seeing out of Philadelphia are like 80, 20. Like, <laughs> you know, it's coming. And so with that, I will give it a third sip. Because before we call this race, you like you just want to know for sure. You're the AP of whiskey testers. You don't call it until it's called. Yeah. Ooh, the third sip though was interesting. Oh, stronger than the other two. Was this a Florida in two thousand sip? Is this Chad hanging on me? I don't know. Is there a hanging Chad? Is it a metal Chad hanging in here? You know what though? I actually I do like this. So I'm much like this victory. It's, it's not the level of a win that we wanted, but gotta say, I'm still putting it on the smooth train. Oh, wow. I'm very surprised. 
Yeah. So Naked Grouse, blended malt scotch whiskey. Go ahead and get yourself a bottle. I seem to recall the price point being pretty reasonable. I think it was right around $30 for a 750 milliliter. Um, if you like a scotch, I, I am definitely hit or miss with scotches, but I think this one is uh, definitely a hit. All right. It's like a Texas leaguer. Okay. <laughs> a hit's a hit. I like it. I'm going to try it if I see it. Yeah, definitely check it out. I don't think I had seen it before. Uh, so I don't know if it's new on the scene or maybe just my grocery store just started carrying it. But uh, I like it. Can I tell you, you know what the one, I was, I was just thinking about baseball and like sports in general. It was pretty cool to have the NBA playoffs and the baseball playoffs going like simultaneously. But now, like the one thing I always loved about how normal American sports seasons work is that it was it, at no point is it only football. Oh yeah. Normally the baseball playoffs go straight into the start of the NBA season. But now it's only football and it's depressing me. Yeah. I I need basketball to I like I feel bad for the players that they're like thinking about starting right around Christmas when like the season just ended. But at the same time, I need basketball to start right up again. Yeah. It's gonna be weird. I don't know how they're how are they gonna realign? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, lots to think about there. Uh, but we have to think about best video games of the 1990s. This just made me realize I want to download a bunch of these games or if I can't play them, because they're mostly Nintendo games, but like if I can't play them on my Switch, then I need to figure out a way to play them. I used to have a Super Nintendo emulator on my computer, so maybe I can get another one of those. But good memories. Yeah, it was great. Some, I will play a couple of these again because I have them and I can still play them. So I'm excited. Definitely. And uh, yeah, hard to leave a couple of these off the list, but some really good ones on the list. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. These are our top five 1990s video games. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. My number five is Civilization Two. Came out in 1996, I played it on computer. My brother would play it as well. And I remember that was like a, a like a brotherly bonding time, was playing Civilization. And it was just, I think one of the reasons I like geography too and why I ended up like majoring in that in college, it was just like really cool to like just start your own civilization like battle with other civilizations, uncover the map. I feel like it it's the best version of the game uh, that came out, or at least I, there's probably a more recent one that I haven't played, but Civilization 2 is like nearly perfect. That was one that's in my, I never played the Civilization games. Oh, it's so good. I, I didn't struggle with this as much, but I do remember, I, my brother, I remember that he would have to take it off of his own computer during like college finals times because it was like such an obsessive thing. <laughs> but you can play that game like all day. Yeah. And it is really fun. And I would just try to be like, like they probably had about like 20 or 30 different civilizations to choose from. Um, 
I tried, you know, all the different ones and then they would like have city names based on like real cities. And I was always curious if I decided to be the Americans, which is rare and kind of a lame thing to do, but like, uh, like what order their city names would be in. Cause I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I would try different maps. I would try creating my own map and then playing with that. It was just like a great game. But the funny thing about that game, and maybe it's like our real world, is that it kind of generally ends poorly, like with the war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like the one downside. But uh, I love that game. That's a great one. Uh, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like I would recommend it to you. But unless you're going to like, like you're going to lose a lot of time to it if you decide to <laughs> take it on. Yeah. So I don't know if I actually do recommend it or not. But uh, what's your number five? My number five is 1991 Sega Genesis Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh. I put it on because I, I did have a Sega Genesis. And I remember I was I've always been more of a Nintendo fan as far as like brand. Um, and like, you know, kind of a Mario uh, person first and foremost but I do remember being really excited by um, Sonic the Hedgehog as like a five or six year old or whatever I was when I got it and something about just the speed of that game and like the way that it played kind of it's very colorful very the graphics are different um, than what you're probably used to if you played mostly Nintendo games so it just was this big visual thing for me as a kid and i remember being very struck by like how fun it was so it's still a game i go back and play every so often it's a great just a great platform game it is it definitely like just appears different and the speed at which it moves is like just a different style of playing a game yeah it's like breakneck pace yeah no super fun game great pick uh my number four is super mario kart nice Um, i know you're a kart fan I'm a kart fan, uh, but I'm also a, a kart originalist, I will say. And actually, the, the version of, uh, I think it was like Super Mario Kart 8 or Mario Kart 8 or whatever it was called on the Wii U is really good, too. But I think most people, the arguments I get into with folks are Super Mario Kart versus Mario Kart 64. And I will stand by my pick of Super Mario Kart for several reasons. I think it, I think it drives better. It's the original, and it has the feather power. And Mario Kart 64 does not have the feather power. They got rid of it for a baffling reason. Um, it has more tracks than Mario Kart 64. And, like, I love Mario Kart 64, too. But I got to say, Super Mario Kart is perfect. And I think what I really like about uh, Super Mario Kart is that once you start getting really good at that game, uh, you realize that, like, the AI, the computer vehicles follow a, they like definitely follow a specific line in the track. And so if you start realizing on each course, like where that is, you want to lay that banana peel to catch somebody, you know exactly where to put it. It's just, uh, it was a fun game to play the hell out of. That's the one cart game that I did play um, with some regularity. And it was, that is a great game. Cannot say a bad word about that game. Uh, all right, what's your number four? Number four for me is Final Fantasy VIII, which came out in 1999 for PlayStation. Interesting, because I don't know much about that game. I've played Final Fantasy X, which was not released in the 90s, 
but I feel like the Final Fantasy people know in the 90s is 7. Yes, that's true. That was the majorly popular one. Um, I was an 8 fan. I don't know why. I know one of my good friends growing up had 7 and played that obsessively, and then I never had 7. I just had 8, so I don't know if it was like that was just the one I had. So, But it's great. It's, a, it's just a game that you hundreds and hundreds of hours you could spend playing that game because it's just so massive even for a regular original playstation game it was just the amount of stuff they packed into that one game i think it was four discs or something crazy like that like wow really i have it sitting right here in front of me awesome i think it's oh no it's only two wait hold on no it is four four discs your memory does not fail you no, it's four discs. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the discs hold less because it was PlayStation 1, but still, that's four discs of gaming. Um, I tried to play it again recently, and it doesn't really hold up much. There's a game I have later on my list that does from the same year. But at the time, I spent so much time playing. There's a card game within Final Fantasy VIII that I became obsessed with to a degree that is embarrassing. But, yeah, it's a great game. I love that like there can be like a portion within a game that you get obsessed with. I used to get obsessed with like fishing in Ocarina of Time. Oh my god. <laughs> like I could do that for a long time. Yes. Uh, all right, that's a great pick. My number three is Bonapada Goldeneye 007 from 1997. This is the one that I agonized over. That's my number six. Ooh, that is that's a rough treatment of Goldeneye, my friend. I love Goldeneye, but I couldn't replace I guess I could have technically replaced Sonic with it, but I just No, I, I mean like definitely do what you gotta do. I, I just feel like this game was so great, so unexpectedly great. Hilarious that it came like about two years after the movie, which is fine. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. try to tie that in. <laughs> no. That is kind of funny. It probably came out like a couple of months before the next like 007 movie. And then Tomorrow Never Dies had its own game. Yeah. But like Goldeneye was just so fun. I mean, people, you know, of course the multiplayer is what most people know it for. And like the multiplayer was like just great. And I loved all the level designs and all the characters you could be. And if somebody chose to be odd job, like fuck them, that's so cheating. I had a friend who was always odd job, and he and it was perfect because he was an asshole. Yeah, no, that was perfect. Like, I think deciding to be odd job is like how you know the character of a person. If yeah. you think there is nothing wrong with picking odd job, then I, I don't know. Like, you can't get through to that kind of person. No, there are Trump voters. <laughs> yes, exactly. There was not, I never thought with more certainty that everyone who thought being odd job was fair is definitely a Trump voter. That's this whole that he, that he finds out if, he'll, if you'll vote for him. He, he knows if you played as odd job and get cold eye. Yeah. On the other spectrum, if you chose to be Jaws, you probably voted for like Joe Jorgensen or something, like just a self defeating sad person. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like that was so right in Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think big jaws is like writing. <laughs> uh, but like, it was such a perfect game, such a fun game. And then the one player is also like just great. And uh, I love the soundtrack of it. Um, I just love the boxy like graphics of it. 
it follows the movie pretty closely and it's just super fun. Yeah, guess what? Um, I'm pulling a U because you've done this a few times recently. I'm making it my number five. Wow. I do love that you had to scapegoat me as you did it. I did. I scapegoated you. Only excusable because you did this before. <laughs> no, I probably have too. But I, I think you did it a couple times, so I'm using you as a precedent. Yeah, I think I've done even worse. I think I've done like swaps that weren't even number five. I know, but I'm, I, it's, I'm glad that, that we've spent some time talking about this so you can put it into your top five because it is such a great game. You're, you're, you won me over with your, um, with your description. I, I realized that I had made a mistake. <laughs> um, all right. What's your number three? My number three is another uh, Nintendo 64 game. It is Super Mario 64 from 1996. Awesome game. This was one of the toughest, like two or three that I had to leave off my list, but it's such a good game. I think it's the best Super Mario game. Um, and I love Super Mario 3. So I love a lot of the games, but I think it is the best. And I will play it every so often. I'm going to get the new um, collection they released for Switch and play it again because it's just it's just a great game. It's one of the best accomplishments in the history of video game design. It is amazing. I mean, it's like, it's one of those, like, just kind of breathtaking games, too. Like, it's one of those very obvious advancements in video games. Yes, absolutely. No, that's a that's a great pick. And it's designed so well. Like, you could think, because it was such, like, a technological achievement, that you could think that ultimately maybe the game design would be kind of lacking, or you, like, going back and thinking about it, it wouldn't be as good, but it, it's still really good. It's the best. I still have, I haven't played it in a while and I can still tell you different portions of like, just even the eight red coin collecting like that being added in as something where it's like an area that you've already explored mm -hmm. and they're saying, Oh, you're going to get more out of that area. Cause you're going to now go collect coins there. Like yeah. it's just a lot. So many things that they came up with that are, that permeated the rest of gaming. Definitely. No, great pick. Uh, my number two uh, is another computer game called Dune two oh wow i've never played this it's from 1992 it's another game kind of like civilization that you could spend a really long time on um but it was actually just like kind of nine levels uh and it's it is based on dune although hilariously like when this came out i had never heard of the book dune i'd never heard of the movie either uh, i didn't know anything about that i just knew that dune 2 um has not just the Harkonnen and the Atreides houses, it has a third house called the Ordos. Uh, so you can pick one of the three houses, the green Ordos, the blue uh, Atreides, or the red Harkonnen. They each have their own like kind of, I don't wanna say special power, but like you're basically building bases to fight the other group on, on uh, not Dune's not the name of the planet. I forget what it's actually called. But at the same time, you're like trying to get spice, which is money to build the things for your base. And then you're fighting these other opponents. And it's just great. I mean, I we had it on a floppy disk. I think a couple of floppy disks. And then it's one of those games, too, where it would. Do you remember computer games that would actually quiz you on something that was in the like 
training manual for you to no. eat in the game. No. Funniest thing. Like it would actually ask you after level two or something to enter in the average speed of like the Ordos trike or something like that. And you're like, oh, I, I got to find the manual and like put this in or like kick you out of the game. Wow. Yeah. It was just, but it was such a good game. And there have been other Dune games since. And Dune 2000 was, uh, I think it was called Dune 2000. There's so many games called 2000 that I get confused. But like Dune 2 was just perfect. And it's a, an overhead shot of a map, which I really like. I mean, Civilization's the same way. But uh, and SimCity 2, and SimCity 2, I almost put on my list as well. Or SimCity 2000, I should say. But like Dune 2, I actually, unlike Civilization 2, I think you could get into Dune 2 and play it for a little bit and not have it take up so much time. Like you probably mm-hmm. get through the whole game in a few hours, but it's great. It's super fun. Nice. And there's sandworms. Don't forget about the sandworms. <laughs> now with sandworms. Mm-hmm. All right. What, are we on your number two now? Yes. What is your number two? My number two is a game that you mentioned um, earlier, and it is Ocarina of Time. Excellent, excellent pick. That is actually the, the number one hard-to-leave-off-my-list game for me. It's from 1998. I have also that sitting in front of me for a game with, with the Master Quest. This is actually one of... You know how people have certain things like, oh, yeah, this is worth, like way more than other games. This is the only thing I have like that. It's worth like, I think like 60 bucks. Wow. Because it was not, it was not widely distributed. It's like uh, you had to get a certain GameCube or something to get this. And I didn't even know that because it just has Ocarina of Time and then like a really hard version called Master Quest. That's almost impossible. They do but, the latest version of Zelda too. They like have another mode. With the, with, with the newer ones? Yeah. Okay. With the... What's the newest one? Breath of the Wild. They have like a yeah. mode or whatever it's called. It's it's just uh, Ocarina of Time is like I've played it more. I've played it through more than any other game. I usually am good for like once, a, maybe not every year, but like every other year, I'll just play it from scratch. I just love it. I think it's perfect. I think the pacing, like the thing, the way that you like collect weapons and then modify them in certain ways for certain areas, and mm-hmm. just the way that they were able to give you that feeling of like. I don't like the endless open games where you can do anything, but I do like, I like the way that it's created to give you choices, but then also like you have to kind of go this way if you get this item or whatever, it's like guided. So I really, I just, for me, it's like a perfect style. It does, it, like, I understand like the endlessly open games can sometimes be just like, I mean, it has a risk of almost being like boring. Yeah. And Ocarina of Time, like, it is it it kind of feels open but actually it is like sort of on a track yeah it does that really well Mm -hmm. i think it's great the way they were able to pull it off i think that's a great pick i there are like a couple i i mean i don't know how many zelda games there have been over the years like maybe 15 or something but like and there's several i haven't really played i have played ocarina of time and link to the past and the zelda on nintendo i played a little bit uh, and then like Majora's Mask. And I even started Wind Waker, but I never really got into that. The one I've never played is Twilight Princess. Have you ever played that one? I haven't. I have it on Wii, but I never have played it once. I never even put it in the system. 
I kind of want to try it because I've actually heard pretty good things, but I apparently cannot download it on my Switch. I wish I could. Do you have a way to play Wii discs? No. Oh, okay, because I was going to say I could just send you it. (laughs) I I mistakenly sold the Wii U. Oh, well, I feel like I should play it. It's what I there's a few games like that where I know I would like it if I just played it, but I never was able to be like, yes, I'm committed to starting this. (laughs) So it's just kind of has sat there. All right. Um, It's not a double dip, but same general franchise. My number one is The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. That's the Super Nintendo one, right? That is the Super Nintendo one. Okay. For me is like, was my introduction to Zelda. And I just thought it was so great. Like, actually, plot wise, I feel like Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past are pretty close. Like, they both kind of like Ocarina of Time goes into the future and Zelda uh, Link to the Past goes into like a dark world, but they're kind of similar in that. Like the second half of the game is a little bit like that, but I think the Link to the Past is just so great. It's like so perfectly designed. Uh, Does the music, I think, better than any Zelda game as well? Like there's something about it that like when I hear the soundtrack of a Link to the Past, it's like, it's like, um, it's like a Manchurian candidate style, like something actually flips in my brain of how much I enjoyed that game. Nice. Just, yeah, I had a tough, it, like this was a really hard list to put together and I don't think this was an obvious number one, but the more I sat with it, the more I was like, yeah, this is it. A Link to the Past. That, that's one of the games that's like men- always mentioned as one of the best games of all time too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a great pick. What is your number one? My number one also sitting in front of me. I've got a few of them on my shelf here. It's Chrono Cross. Whoa. I never even from, played that game. From 1999, just like Final Fantasy VIII, um, this one is not four discs. It's only two, I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, two discs. It's uh, also made by Squaresoft, Japanese role-playing game. Um, I think for my money, maybe one of the most – it's my favorite game, without a doubt. Uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful video games ever made. I say that because it's got like this really deep story with all these different characters. Um, and almost all of the characters have care. You could tell that the care that was put into their backstory, and like, even if they're in the game for a short time, um, it's just very memorable. Like I could, I've played it. It's a very long game, but I've played it many times. And um, I can remember more about that game than like just about anything um, just because of how well it was designed. And the other part about it is the soundtrack is so amazing. Like I'll send it to you. Um, there's a YouTube where they just have the whole official soundtrack on it and you can check out parts of it. But like the soundtrack, like you were just talking about, it just puts me in another place. It's so good. I would say like, so I had never really played RPGs until I played Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. and all the things that you mentioned like i for some reason i just like didn't think it was like the kind of game for me um all actually mario rpg i did play before that but those are great those are great too but it's like kind of a half an rpg i would say yeah 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 but like with final fantasy 10 i yeah i didn't expect like to like that kind of game that much and i really got into it and squaresoft their their soundtracks are like great i actually have even sampled the final fantasy 10 soundtrack for two different hip-hop songs 
Wow. Which yeah. ones? Um, Ghetto-fied has a, a Final Fantasy X soundtrack sample in it. It's like this string sound. Uh, and I released that in like 2003, maybe. And then an, one I released in high school, well, probably like 2002, was, uh, I can't remember what the actual name of the song is called, but it has this like, it's like an acoustic uh, acoustic guitar. Uh, it's from some beach town in that game. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, real quick, while we were talking about your music history, um, I just finished a rewatch of Home Movies and I listened to the Home Movies album again, which is a classic. So go listen to Andy's Home Movies album if you haven't heard it. Nice. Yeah, I got to do a Home Movies rewatch. I love that show. Jason is... It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, Jason's the the man. Every time I rewatch it, I just end up loving Jason more and more. Uh, I I can totally see. I love that... For some reason in listening to Jason, like I, it's still, it took me a while to realize that that was also H. John Benjamin. Yeah. It doesn't sound like him to me at all. It's him with like a nasal voice basically. (laughs) To do that voice and Coach McGurk is like really impressive. It's amazing. He's so great. And they were, and him and Brendan were uh, uh, Walter and Perry too, which is also great. That show was so good. Um, All right. Uh, What do you have for honorable mentions? Oh, I have a couple. Um, So I moved Sonic there. Sorry, because of GoldenEye. Sorry, Sonic. I also have from 1991 Street Fighter 2 with all its crazy sequels that were like Street Fighter 2 Tournament Edition or whatever. But that's a great game. Mm hmm. Um, I have two NBA games because NBA Jam was originally on there from 94 because I just love the craziness of it. Oh, I but, just forgot about that game. Jeez, that should be on my list. I love NBA Jam. But um, NBA Action 95. So this was a – it's very weirdly specific, but it was like Sega's own game that they made for the Genesis. And it's – I can't describe it. It's just the perfect, like – mix of they clearly got into the stats it was one of the first games where they had like different stats for all the attributes for a basketball player and then it was just so like the gameplay was so balanced that it was really easy to just start a season and start playing games and you'd have like these really close like realistic seeming games i can't describe it it's just like the best nba game yeah i never played it i mean like i would definitely want to check that out though yeah if you have an emulator or something you got to try it any other honorable mentions only other one was the uh, first two Pokemon games from 96 because I played those a lot, red and blue. Oh, I did play that too, and I kind of forgot about that. I wasn't thinking yeah. about Game Boy games. Yeah. Um, I would say, starting with the, the three games that were very, very difficult to leave off my list were Ocarina of Time, uh, Super Mario 64, and then also Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I didn't have a PlayStation, but I did play this at my cousin's house uh, and made it all the way through the game. And that was a pretty like, I don't know, just playing like Nintendo games all the time. It was just different. Yeah, I can see that. I really enjoyed it. That's a a satisfying game if you're into the like stealth and like this type of action that it is. Yeah. Uh, No. Yeah. And it, it like. Metal Gear Solid 2 was not as good, but um, like that's what prompted me to want to get like a PlayStation 2. Like otherwise, I probably wouldn't have. I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I want to play the next Metal Gear game. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mentioned those three, but also Doom 
1993, loved it. SimCity 2000, Star Fox 64, love that game. Uh, if, I, if I were to pick a Street Fighter, I'm going to go with Super Street Fighter 2. Oh, okay. Super Mario RPG, Mario Kart 64, Donkey Kong Country. Uh, my NBA game is Kobe Bryant NBA Courtside 2. Oh, yeah. But uh, I know. 64 game? Yeah. Yeah. And one more game, a computer game that I almost skipped over, but I realized how much I like this game and how weird and dumb it is. But The Secret of Monkey Island. Have you ever played that? Oh, yes. Yeah, 1990 just snuck in there. Yeah. It's like, it's not a fighting game. You just have to learn how to trade insults with your opponent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, a lot of good video games in the 90s. Um, I think doing this for the 2000s will be really hard. But um, if you have a video game that you think we forgot, of course, let us know. Uh, Our Twitter is at Whiskey Sessions. Uh, pretty much it's just Donald Trump retweets, but if you want to hit us up there, go ahead. Uh, or, even better, email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read your email on a future episode. Uh, but we got to get to your emails now. So, without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, I noticed that in your latest episode covering the top albums of the 1990s, neither of you ranked any of Shaquille O'Neal's rap albums. At first, I assumed that the albums must have been released in the 2000s or something. Either that or I've had a psychotic break. But no, all four albums came out in the 1990s. There are Shaq- four? Shaq oh. Diesel, 1993. Shaq Fu De Return, 1994. You Can't Stop the Rain, 1996 and Respect 1998, not to mention the Kazam and Steel soundtracks released in 1996 and 97, respectively. So what gives? Sincerely, Fake Heel, Not Real. He ha- One of his albums is called You Can't Stop the Rain? Yeah, like the Rain Man, like, Sha- like that Sean Kemp. It's like that should have been Sean Kemp's hip-hop album. Only Sean Kemp would know not to release a hip-hop album. But if he did, it would have been way better than Shaq's four albums, or six if you count the soundtracks. Yeah, I'm sure Sean Kemp does have an album called something with rain, a pun with rain in it, and it's sitting somewhere. And it's because he's smarter than Shaquille O'Neal. Did you know, though, that Sean Kemp recently opened his weed store in Seattle? Wow. Yeah. He, uh, well, and, and all honestly, I, like in all honesty, people kind of joke about Sean Kemp because he did have like, you know, some like weight issues and drug problems and alcohol problems like toward the end of his career. But he, like with Washington, and he opened it in Seattle, with Washington and really any other state that's made marijuana legal, like there have been like a lot of like just kind of equity issues around that. Uh You can open a dispensary, but you have to have this amount of money and no bank will loan you money for that. Right. So really it's like become this just like elitist, like white pretty much only like wealthy white people can open these types of businesses. And Sean Kemp is like the, I think the first like African-American to open that type of business in Seattle. So nice. it's to like actually see that kind of balance. But it, there was a whole thing about him opening the store and Gary Payton was there. And he named like one of the, I think one of the strands of weed or whatever it would be after Gary Payton as well. 
Um, and it was just the glove. It's kind of like Sean Kemp. First of all, I love that he fucking lives in Seattle. Like even even though he played for several other teams after the Sonics, like he decided to come back and call it home. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of perfect that he's got like a weed store now. And I hope they, Detlef is involved. I hope so too. Detlef also lives in the Seattle area. Um, and I hope it does well. So best of luck, Sean Kemp. If you do decide to release a rap album, I guarantee it'll be better than any of Shaq's. Yes. Agreed. Without a doubt. Um, you know who is a decent NBA rapper, though? Dame. Dame, yes. Like, pretty good. He's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. He's also one of the best NBA players. That's quite the combo. Not just best NBA player, but, like, easiest to root for. Yeah. Who wasn't all on board with that, like, 35-foot dagger he hit against Oklahoma City a year ago? Like That was, that was the best. Ah. Amazing. Mwah. Yes, exactly. And then the wave. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got uh, another email here. It says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, congratulations on the new EP. I'm in Liverpool and I'm trying to get your Alan Partridge track to pop off here. When's the Doctor Who track coming? And this is from Sev in Liverpool. I've never even watched that show one time. <laughs> I, all I know about it is that it's been on for like 75 years and there's been a hundred different people that have played the title character. <laughs> yeah. I have literally watched like, I think two minutes accidentally of that show and I didn't get it and I'm just not going to get into it. <laughs> so if that's what you want to hear from a rap track, that's, that's all I got. It's just us saying Dr. Who with like an owl sampled into it like exactly. over and over again. I will say this though, like Elena says a handful of words that a person can understand. One of them is owl, Mm. but she will not stop saying owl. She's going to be a bird doctor. (laughs) She, she finds birds fascinating, but it's also just like owl is hilarious because like all of her books have owls in it. But like in reality, how often will she see an owl? Like almost never. Yeah, and you don't really talk about owls that much. Every so often, somebody will bring up how they can, like, turn their heads completely or whatever they can do that's weird, but that's that's about it. It's like one of ten words that she says, and part of me is like, I don't know, like, don't save space in your brain for owl. <laughs> I love to hear her say it. Yeah. Is she old like, enough to, for you to give that, like, kind of advice to, like, hey, no, I don't think it's so. It's great. It's great that you're saying owl, but let's just get that one out. Get it out of your system. We don't need it. Like, I don't know if I should be giving like a 15 month old that kind of criticism. <laughs> I, I would say I should not be. That's okay. You could save it up and unleash it on like a couple of years. Yeah. Well, I, I probably will, whether I mean to or not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, no, I, I can't remember what the original point was. Doctor Who's not going to watch it. Um, but you just never Thanks for getting the word out about the Alan Partridge song though. It's such a good track. Yeah. People, and you know what? I don't even want to pump the track itself. If people haven't seen I'm Alan Partridge or haven't seen knowing me, knowing you go, go watch them. Go watch them today. Yeah. Without a doubt. And then listen to the track and realize how perfect and on point that track is. And then splice it over the beginning of the show to be the new theme song for I'm Alan Partridge. I think retroactively that should definitely be the case. 
Yes. All right. Um, if you have an email you want to send to us, of course, email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We'll read it on a future episode. But the next episode is episode 100. 100. They, they said it wouldn't last. They said it wouldn't, but here we are. And you know what? We, were, we release this uh, podcast every other week. And if we're at 100 episodes, that means essentially we've been doing it for four years. Which yeah. is crazy to think about. But I'll tell you, unlike the Donald Trump presidency, we will last more than four years. And we are so excited to break off another 100 for you. But stay tuned for two weeks from today, episode 100. What do we have planned for it? I don't even know, but it's going to be special. That's the, couldn't say it any better. We'll be here for hundreds more. Yes. Uh, but until then, um, be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Let's go. Number 100. Let's go. Let's go. Episode 100. All right. Until next time, this is Amos saying peace out and be pimp. Bye. Bye.